Today's bonus episode of the Gaucho 9 podcast brought to you by Kyle's Kitchen. Kyle's Kitchen is on a mission to help feed special needs families during the coronavirus pandemic and is donating 1,000 meals to local special needs families from Goleta, Santa Barbara, and the surrounding area. Kyle has created a GoFundMe campaign to help feed more families where every single dollar raised will be matched by Kyle's family for up to $10,000 so they can double the impact and make a greater difference. Please visit kyleskitchen.com backslash giving back to recommend a local special needs family to receive a free meal, donate to the GoFundMe, and help spread the word about this giving back program. Again, kyleskitchen.com backslash giving back. Don't forget about Kyle's $37 meal deal and the Grill It Yourself Burger 4-Pack. That's just 20 bucks. Kyle's is open, so go check them out. Well, we thank you so much for, for listening to the first series of podcasts, the, the 2015 Weekend Rotation, the Analytics Pod. I've gotten a lot of great feedback, and it's just been so much fun to, to churn these out for you, to keep you in the loop, to keep baseball on your minds and talk about Gaucho Baseball, which has had so much success over the last handful of years and a lot of great success in the past. And have got a, a nice lineup coming up for you in this month. Today, on this Wednesday, this bonus pod, really excited about this one. It's four Gauchos who were on the College World Series team and on the Big West Championship team. Thomas Rowan, Tommy Jew, Kevin Chandler, Tevin Mitchell, four guys that came in pretty much in the same class. They were roommates together. They were close friends and had a lot of fun playing in Gaucho baseball uniforms and had a lot of success, of course, and they're still playing. Got into a bunch of good stuff about their roles as young players on that CWS team, and then being leaders on the Big West Championship team. Talked about the Cal Poly game and, and that series last year, and then, the, of course, the alumni game back in January. A lot of good stuff. Had a lot of fun with this. So uh, with no further ado, here we go. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. Here's the one strike pitching. Mitchell belts this to deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. He strikes out the side for the second consecutive inning. And Amani belts it to deep center. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? Here's the 0-2 pitch. And a curveball is swung on him. And the score is two. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. And the Gauchos are the 2019 champions. All right, today we have four gauchos, four gauchos who were part of the 2016 College World Series team and the 2019 Big West Championship team, and we'll go around the Zoom here and introduce each one for you today. First, a right-handed pitcher out of Valencia who made 64 career appearances in a gaucho uniform. He pitched in all four of his seasons as a gaucho. He earned the win in Louisville to clinch the Super Regional win against the Cardinals, the Sam Cohen walk-off game. He's a veteran of the College World Series, and his father, I'm pretty sure, founded the Patrol Patrol. But welcome to the Gaucho 9 Podcast, Kevin Chandler. Thanks, Ken. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure. Okay, next up, from Clovis, 2019 Honorable Mention, All-Big West, and an eighth-round pick by the Miami Marlins. He had 20 stolen bases in 2019, which was tied for the team lead. 102 career hits, 23 career doubles, also a veteran of the College World Series, Tevin Mitchell. What's up, Tev? Pretty good, Ken. How are you doing? You know, not too bad. Excited to have you on the pod. Uh, this is going to be fun today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Next up, Sandy Inez, local boy, 2018 honorable mention in the Big West, also 2019 first team selection in the Big West. 20th round pick from the Miami Marlins last year, 295 career average, 17 homers, 28 doubles, and he slugged 45 in a gaucho uniform, a veteran in the College World Series. T-Row, Thomas Rowan, what's up? Good to be here, Kev. And finally, last but not least, out of San Ramon, two-time first-team All-Big West selection in 18 and 19, and the 13th round pick by the St. Louis Cardinals last year, 297 career average with 20 dingers. Had 111 RBIs in his career. He slugged 478, and he had 41 career stolen bases. But the one thing that 
that stands out is that you missed the College World Series, my friend, Tommy Jew. Yes, sir. Uh, great to watch on TV, but definitely would have wished wish I was there with the boys, but it's all good. We ended up getting a Big West championship, so I'll take it. Yeah, so all four of these guys were freshmen in 2016, and all four were seniors last year and graduated. Three of them got picked in the MLB draft, and uh, they had a lot of great moments in their gaucho uniforms. So uh, Kevin Chandler, Tevin Mitchell, Thomas Rowan, Tommy Jew. What are we going to call this pod? Is this like the the 2019 senior pod? Like, what what's this going to be called? Core four. The core four. This was the squad that made it through the ups and the downs. That's the core four. I like it. The core four. Are we sticking with that? I think I think we're gonna stick with that. Zero. Is that off the dome? You think about that one for a while. I just thinking about it right now. Pretty good. Okay, let's. Um, I want to go back because we like origin stories. Origin stories are always fun, and I want to start with with K Chan. Like, what was the the recruiting process, and how did you decide to come and pitch for UCSB? Right. Yeah. You know, um, one day I just got a uh, got invited to come check the campus out, and uh, and it's one of the the most beautiful places, beautiful campuses you'll you'll kind of see anywhere. I mean, especially after traveling, seeing all all the other places across the country. But uh, it's kind of funny. I mean. Going back to the the podcast uh, the, before this one, the prior podcast, um, one of the the first guys I saw pitch when I came to a game at uh, at Caesar was Hakame, and then um, while I was in the stands, I got to meet Tate's family and just great people all around. And then one of the first guys I met after the game was Bieber, and he was walking out to the parking lot, kind of kind of where the Patron Patrol is located now, and. Uh, I mean, that's kind of what got me, you know, and you could kind of just feel the feel the energy with the guys, and it was, uh, it was just something I wanted to be a part of. Those are three pretty important people that you came into uh, contact with on your on your visit. That's that's a good job by the coaching staff because those guys, uh, as you know, uh, did very well. Uh, Thomas Rowan, what about you? Because you're a local kid growing up in Santa Inez. And obviously, we're maybe a little more aware of what the Gouches were about the, than the other three who were kind of out of town guys. But uh, what was the recruiting process like for you? I mean, growing up, I used to come to these games all the time. I mean, UCSB Gauchos were the only college baseball I knew. So um, when I got that chance and when Coach Checkett and Coach Hawkins at the time gave me a chance, I mean, you had to jump on it. I tell all the recruits that we had those camps. I mean, it's good baseball. It's good weather, um, good school, obviously. Santa Barbara is one of the most beautiful places, like K-Chan said. Um, it's hard not to pick it. So, I mean, I had the best five years of my life, and, yeah, it was an awesome time. Well, And you came in, were you a pitcher at the start, or were you always a catcher? So I was a catcher. I had Tommy John my uh, senior year in high school. Um, so... I came in as a catcher, did whatever. I caught a year and then went to go pitch. I just wanted to do whatever I could to be on the field um, and help the Gauchos. And um, eventually I went back to catching. So me and Yang were just kind of a little duo back there, and I was a duo with Dempsey as, as well. So, I mean, I just kind of tried to fit in wherever I could, and thankfully I got that chance. All right, Tevin Mitchell, coming from the Central Valley, Clovis, I mean, there's a, that's high-profile high school baseball out there, but what made you want to become a gaucho? Um, for me, I knew I was going to go to this school when I um, took the visit, and but I had to see one more of the campus. I wanted to, my parents were giving me the advice to see everybody, respect everyone's um, inviting me out to the campus. So I took the uh, the visit here, and then the following weekend, I went to Irvine. And halfway through the Irvine one, I was like, I want to leave. Like, I'm going to Santa Barbara. And what attracted me to Santa Barbara was Coach Checkets himself. So Checkets was on my visit and just talking to him on 
the upswing of the program in the sense that he was a younger coach in the uh, Fresno State and Irvine were opposite in that direction. And I felt that the program was heading in a direction that I wanted to be part of, like a new tradition. And you came in as a shortstop or infielder. Oh, second Tommy, base. too. <laughs> we always yeah, get to Tommy, yeah. but because you made, you made, you were kind of a utility guy uh, to start out your first couple of years, but then you, you wound up finding a spot, finding a spot uh, in the outfield, turn yourself into an excellent outfielder. But, you know, what was it like coming in as an infield and having to transition to outfield? Infield was all I knew coming in, and it was obviously making that jump to Division One baseball it was tough. And, um, there was always talks of from other people, oh, you should try the outfield. And I was really stubborn. I was like, no, I'm an infielder. And rolls around senior year, I get to order an outfield glove, and I don't miss the dirt ever since. It was outfield's been good. I was talking to Tommy today about, like, do you ever miss it? He's like, a little bit. I'm like, mm, I, I don't. Uh, I, was, I was the same way. Uh, third base. Shortstop, I don't know, getting, having to deal with the dirt and funny hops, like stick me in the outfield on the fresh cut grass, chasing down a fly <laughs> ball and making diving catches. I mean, those are the well, best. We had a good guy taking care of the dirt. It wasn't the dirt. I, I sure hope not. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I don't miss the outfield at all. <laughs> that was not fun whatsoever for myself. All right, Tommy, coming out of San Ramon, I think you were recruited by by Neil Walton. I mean, I remember him. He was the first guy that texted me. I mean, he, like after you got hurt in the in the regional last year, he was the first guy that reached out to me. But what was recruiting process like for you coming to Santa Barbara? You hit it spot on. Neil was the guy who saw me at the very beginning. He claims he didn't see me at the head first uh team camp that I did like early in the summer before my senior year. He claims he didn't see me there, but I know for a fact I shook his hand, so maybe he's just making making jokes there. But I ended up seeing him about a month later. He was actually coming to see another guy on my team and uh had a pretty good game that game and ended up communicating with him and he showed me around the campus and um it's hard not to, it's kind of cheating here, right? They drive you down to the beach to start. Then they drive you up through the campus. They explain to you the great academics here. Um, then they go to the field and they said, we're going to get light soon, which it wasn't soon. They came eventually. They might've lied to me a little bit there, but I they're get here. it. Oh, it's they're a here. good pitch. It's glorious. They're here now. Exactly. But, um, and then take you through, IV and down Del Playa and then back to the beach and it's like it's it's just it's one of those things where um you're hooked instantly and you're like I can't believe this really exists um and then obviously the baseball was on an upswing and you know uh that was going into my senior year too so I felt like I was a little late and so the fact that Neil found me and you know gave me the offer to go here is like yes didn't have to think about anybody else you know didn't have to try to keep going to any camps or anything like that. Um, I was hooked right away and worked worked out pretty well for me, I'd say. So that's the thing about the tour, though, is that they would always show the field last because yeah, everything else is cool, and then you kind of go to the field, and you're like, whoa, uh, I don't know about this. But then that speaks to you, Cannon, because now that field is probably one of the best on the West Coast, I would say, with the lights, with the addition of everything else. I mean, I got I when I got there, there were black windscreens on the wall, <laughs> and now and now we got like pads where Tommy's Robin Homers and stuff, and obviously the lights come into play now, and that just be done, and also you as well, Ken. I mean, you guys really made that place something special. So, yeah, I think that's one thing like the four of us can speak to is like we were here kind of right at the turn when things were starting to come a little bit. The pads came one year, the grass got better one year. The new turf in the dugouts came one year, and then the lights were a year after. But um, the amount of improvements it's been since we've been there is impressive, to say the least. Well, those are very kind words. Thank you so much. You're you're blessing this host. But this pod is about you guys. We want to talk about you guys here. And I, I want to jump into 16. And 
Kevin, I mean, that pitching staff was pretty good in 2016. It was, of course, led by Shane Bieber. And then you had, you had Noah Davis, who was also a freshman in your class, who wound up pitching in that Miami game in the College World Series. And you had Kyle Nelson coming out of the pen. You had you coming out of the pen. I mean, what was the vibe with the pitching staff and kind of the team in 2016? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's, I mean, there's, there's so much to say, but uh, I mean, the staff we had uh, some older guys. We had uh, Betty and, and and Justin Kelly, and those guys. I mean, you could tell they're uh, more mature and they they've done it before and they they handled themselves like they've done it before. And then uh, I mean, you've got other guys like um, you've got Nelly, of course, and then you've got um, Alex Garcia. I mean, those guys uh just work horses and uh, I mean it just it's uh you always you always had someone someone else that you could pass the ball to and feel comfortable with it and, and you could trust them just uh you know based off of the work that they put in and, and being a freshman I mean it's uh it was it was something that, that made it easy to uh you know easy to follow because uh, I mean you see all the work get put in and it's uh it's one of those things where it's you, you always feel good and if if you feel good you play good so it's uh yeah. it was kind of, See, so, yeah, you mentioned having trust in, in putting the ball in the next guy's hand. We'll fast forward way into the, the Super Regional. Game two, Gauchos are down 3 nothing, and they're facing Harrington and Louisville, and it's, I don't know, what was it? It was like 100 degrees. It was very humid. And the Gauchos that year, they knew, hey, any close game, you know, whenever we're in striking within striking distance, I mean, we got a chance. We can scratch and claw. We could get Bush up and hit it over the fence, whatever it may be. But the ball gets passed to you in that game late, and Gauchos are down by three, and your job is to keep us within striking distance. So what's going through your head coming into a super regional game You know, with that much on the line? Uh, I wouldn't say there was a whole lot going through my head. It was, uh, I mean, it's it, that year just, I mean, it was uh, – it. I mean, it was, it, it just, it went by so quick because we were having such a good time and, and it, that, mo- that moment, I mean, it, it felt like, uh, I mean, it just, uh, it just kind of went out there and knew what my role was and just tried to, uh, throw some strikes and, and let the guys behind me take care of it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just that through the rest of the game, I mean, I, I think all of us can attest for, it. I mean, we don't really remember much because there's so many emotions in every single direction that we're going on that it's, uh, it's one of those, um, like, just just um you can see it you can see it all from third person but you can't really remember it firsthand you know it's uh it's pretty pretty crazy experience i think people would describe that maybe as a it was a whirlwind experience right. well tiro and tevin you were with the team on the trip tommy sorry you you redshirted so you you had to stay at home but tiro and tevin you guys you know you didn't you weren't everyday players you you had some roles there's always a role in, in college baseball, either in the bullpen or on the bench or having to come in and play defense, maybe have a pinch hit here and there. But what do you guys remember about the postseason in 2016 and at least your roles as young players? Uh, yeah, I mean, I had front row seats to it all. I had the best seats <laughs> in the in the stadium for all of it, basically. Um, yeah, my role was if something happened to Dempsey or – emergency case to get in there and do what I have to do. But my role was to get everybody warmed up in the pen, man. I mean, um, whether it was Nelly who would just come in and be lights out for two or three innings, or it was K-Chan Louisville who need to get ready to um, get that W. I mean, I was, I just want to do whatever it takes to keep going. I mean, that was a magical ride. We were on the road for 22, 23 straight days. Just let the guys who've been doing the work just keep riding it. I mean, the clay fishers, uh, the big bush that's hitting nukes everywhere. Um, just let them do the work, and I'm just here to support them. That's basically where I, where I was at during that time. So, Tev, um, that experience was special. Um, it's something that I tell guys who either went professional out of high school or thinking about it, and I'm like, my trips. Those 22 days in Omaha, that's something you can't put a dollar amount to. It was uh, truly special. But my role was um, defensive replacement in uh, a pinch hit situation and base running. But the most important job I felt that I had was I was on the base running chart. 
And that responsibility was to record times. And I would sit next to Neil. Neil would have the signs come in and he would ask me times in situations we were re- where we would want to steal. So in that role, if, you know, Neil asked me for a time and I was accurate on it and fish got that stolen bag, you know, it felt like I was part of that process of helping the team, you know, be successful on the field, even though I wasn't on the field itself. It's, it's amazing how those, those experiences warming up a guy in the pin, being on base running chart. I mean, that it trains you for those situations when you are in fact the guy. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys will we'll get to it later when we talk about 19, you know, that, those things prepared you to have success down the road in your college careers. But let's get to Tommy because Tommy wasn't there, but he was there in a sense because you're watching every single pitch at home and, and you're keeping in touch with these guys on the road. Oh, I was getting FaceTimes from Grant Dragmeyer and Kevin Chandler after every game. You know, they were letting, letting me know what was going on and, I remember um, after they won the Nashville Regional, uh, I get a call from, I think it was Kev. No, it could have been Grant Dragmeyer, and he was just going crazy. He's like, this is the greatest moment of my life. Wish you were here. And, you know, it's one of those things where, like, you know, obviously you're disappointed you're not there, but you're so happy for the guys that, you know, you've been in the trenches with for the last eight months with the fall, the winter, and the season. Because I was traveling that year, too, so I was seeing kind of how the season was going firsthand. And, um but to watch on TV, I don't think I've ever gone crazier in a living room than when Sam hit the walk-off. I was watching a recording because I was at church. Got to let everybody know I was at church doing something <laughs> valuable, right? And then came back home, and I'm getting a bunch of texts like, did you watch the game? I'm like, no. And so I had it recorded, so I was like probably like 30 minutes behind the whole time. So... I I get towards the end. I'm like, hmm, like this is cool. Like, some some cool could happen here if Sam, you know, hits a single or something. And he hits it over the fence, and I threw my remote at the wall, made a little hole in the wall, so I had to fix that. But I was jumping up and down, going crazy. And it's it's one of those things where, like, you you know, obviously you wish you were there, but you know, you're just so happy for you know all the guys there, and then for them to go to Omaha and um have all their names be introduced like celebrities and all that uh, it's pretty it's pretty fun to watch all your boys go through that and then puts a little chip on your shoulder for the next year so i'd say the next three years i tried to you know make sure i i went out there and and played the best i could to show that you know i did deserve to be out there but at the end of the day it was still an incredible experience to have all my you know best friends um, have such such a great time showing the world who UCSB really is. Okay, so with all that in mind, that's a lot to digest. That's a lot of dynamite stuff right there. Let's fast forward to 2019. And the coaching staff kind of shakes up a little bit. You guys are seniors, but there's this sense around the team where coming off of a couple years where you're under 500, you know, maybe there's the the so-called hangover from going to a World Series or whatever. You know, people say it's real. You can say it's not real. But coming into the 2019 season, and I know all of you knew that there was some untapped potential and there was something special with that team before we even took the field for Game 1 against LMU. And do you agree with me, K-Chan? Is that something that you felt going into that 2019 season? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just rewinding back really quick to kind of, kind of compare it to 2019. It's, uh, um, I mean, just the, the Louisville example. I mean, we, there was the, the environment there. There was so much going on and, and so many fans yelling at you. And I mean, there's just too much to pay attention to at once, but we, we kind of had our own environment. I mean, if you walk out to the mound, you, you see it, you see JJ looking at you funny, you know, like just, just giving you the confidence <laughs> to go out there and, and get it done. And, and next to him is, is Fish and, and Clark. And, I mean, just down the road, Dempsey, Fleek, I mean, it can go on forever. But, I mean, you look in the dugout and you see Dragmire and whoever's in there going crazy and you got T-Row in there. I mean, no matter where you look or where you go, I mean, you got you got some sort of support giving, giving building confidence off each other. And, then, I mean, when the game's over, we, we call Tommy and, you know, the, it, it spreads. You know, it's kind of a 
kind of an in-house, uh, kind of a, a unique thing. And then fast forwarding, I mean, the two years after that, um, I mean, we could probably write a, a, a documentary or do a documentary on it. And there's so many crazy things that just uh, seem to not go our way, but there's, there's probably some reason behind it. And then 2019, uh, 2019 it's, um, it started to feel a little bit like the, the culture we had and, and, and we were able to kind of put ourselves in the shoes of a lot of the older guys that we followed and, um, and kind of, uh, and kind of see, see ourselves almost in, in a lot of the younger guys and, and, and even having some of the younger guys lead us. I mean, uh, I mean, it's a long list, but it was a, it was a fun year and it just had that feeling of a, a solid culture that the 2015-16 season had. Yeah, I think one of the unique things about last year's team was was the catching core. And Tiro, you mentioned it earlier, but you and Yang, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen a catching duo quite like that where Eric would play, would play Friday, Saturday, you would most you would play Sundays, and you guys would flip flop DH catcher, and it just it didn't matter who was on the field, it didn't matter who was in the DH role, but you guys just raked and and held their own with with the pitching staff. I mean, there was just you didn't lose anything when one of you was DHing and the other was catching. I mean, if you you know Yang, I mean, you you know the kind of worker that he is, and the kind of guy that he he pushed myself to get as best we could or best as I could. And he, and I put, I think I pushed him to be the best that he could. And at the end of the day, we were just having fun. We were just having fun um, doing it together. I mean, we learned from Dempsey. Um, Dempsey was a hard worker and whatever he had to do, he got the job done. And he was probably one of the best defensive catchers I've seen. And then going back, I saw it in Campbell. My, I know you guys talked about it last podcast. I mean, I saw it in Campbell my freshman year and how to do your stuff. How you get to, how to get your work done, and I mean it just trickled from there. Um, yeah, Yang and I, we just—it's nice to have a lineup that we had last year, where if I don't feel the pressure, if something doesn't go well with me, I have Armani to, behind me to hit it, hit a bomb. If Yang doesn't get a job done, I'll do my best, and if that doesn't happen. We have Tommy, we have Tevin down the line, that they'll all have the equally a uh, good amount of chance to get what they need to do do done. Um, so, I mean, the amount of pressure that we had in the lineup, I mean, compared to other years, you could go 0 for 5, and then the, Tommy or one of these guys can go 5 for 5 with five homers, and that's just basically how stacked we were, and it was just a fun group to be around. Um, and going back from that 2016 team, I mean, that team was special. I was thinking about this morning, and those fall inner squads, you roll over a ball to the left side of the infield, there's no reason to run. I mean, you have Clay and Clark that are just going to vacuum that up, and you're going to be done, along with Bush. And you can't not mention Art Cumbie with the double down first baseline against Miami. So I try to take as much as I learned from that team and go to the 2019 team, and I don't know, the rest is history. We had a good year. Okay, Tevin and Tommy. So I, when I called the games on the radio, it was pretty much it was always you two and Armani in the outfield. And so I started calling you guys the usual suspects. I'd run through the infield when I'm announcing who's playing defense for the Gauchos that day, and I'd just say the usual suspects in the outfield. I like wouldn't even say your names because people knew who you were, and that's a testament to how far you came in your careers and how well you did with the bats. And with the gloves, and with Tommy in center and Tevin in left and Armani in right, I mean, what's in speaking as an outfielder, former outfielder, you know, there's there's the no fly zone. There's there's this kind of brotherhood or camaraderie that you have as outfielders, and you guys really harnessed that last year and had a lot of success. I mean, for me personally, like to have, you know, a guy to my right um, and Tevin and have a you know, not just a great baseball player, but, you know, one of my best friends out there to my right every day. It's like, we're out there just having a great time. We're out there kicking it, cracking jokes, and obviously making plays and helping each other on, you know, wall balls or whatever it may be. But um, whether it's practice or games to have um, a guy like him, you know, to my right who I could trust and um, 
who was a former infielder too. We always crack crack jokes about that, how, you know, we're happy we're in the outfield and doing our thing. And um, But then to also have Armani to my left every day and uh, to trust him and our communication grew so much over we were, we kind of did it for a couple years and so by the end i i don't even think uh checks would get he would get mad at me but i don't even think i would need to say anything to armani at that point because you know i just trust him so much out there so um we were we were calling ourselves no fly zone the whole time you can call it whatever <laughs> whatever you wanted but nothing nothing was gonna drop out there and and we were having great times yeah, for me, Tommy had actually made the move to the outfield, what, two, one year before me? Yeah, a year for you. So when I got out there, Tommy was like, along with Fontino, but Tommy was like my personal outfield coach, helping me, you know, get up to speed. And uh, having the chemistry, the, the friendship that we had, it was easy for us to really gel in that gap. Um, communication, moving wise, we always joked if we were mic'd up out there because how much we talked out there in the outfield, like you could put together, you know, a reality TV show how much we talked out there, and it it helped us. It really did. Yeah, for I mean the amount of I mean we had gophers crawling out in right field, we had people screaming at us from left field, we had everything yeah. going on, and we were just. I mean, having a great time. I mean, winning always helps, but, you know, even in the close games, I felt like we kept it really comfortable out there and we're like, who's going to make the play? Who's going to throw the guy out? Like that was mm -hmm. always our mentality. And, you know, that's a huge shout out to coach Fontino too, for getting us going like that. But every day the three of us are out there and we were going to do our thing. And it was, it was pretty cool. You guys, you guys were crazy out there too. I mean, just ever since you guys got out there, I mean, you, you obviously, Broke the leg going too hard, running down first base. But I mean, there was, a, there, was there was one time. There was one time. I, I mean, I've, not one time, multiple times. You've gone full speed in the fences and just laid out for things that I mean, I don't even know how you got to some. And then there was another occasion where you and Armani literally collided full speed. And then the same time, Tev's running around, sliding all over the place, still getting a feel for things, laying out for balls. That, I mean, I mean, it's just the whole learning process but he uh he, it's one of those things where it's, it was a it was a it was a unit that was not afraid to go for it that's for sure it's fun pretty funny to watch them sounding crazy yeah does it make it yeah, easier as a pitching staff kev does it make it easier knowing that if there's a ball that's hitting the gap there's a pretty good chance that one of your outfielders is going to track it down like is it a something like in the back of your mind where you're at ease yeah i mean i i think it I think it it made it easier for everyone, even even guys in in the in the dugout or in the infield. I mean, the whole team is if you feel comfortable and the ball's in the air, you know it's a it's a it's a big part of of what it takes to win. And and we had that on lockdown, so absolutely. Especially after yeah. Tommy robbed that ball against Irvine, I mean, there would be balls that were crushed, like way in the gaps or anything, and like balls that no center fielder be, should catch, and I'd be like, Tommy, like, some guy would hit a double and be like, Tommy, like, how could you not get there? And I mean, this, the ball was like basically off the wall before he even like took a step. I'm like, Tommy, like, I was expecting Tommy to make like every play. Um, that's just a testament of how hard he worked and how, uh, how much he wanted to be elite at the position. And he, uh, he got that job done. That's a testament to, um, the mentality coach Fontino instilled us as an outfielder that the ball was going to go up and go out there. We were going to go get it. There was no other option. And Tommy, you could see really took that to heart. Armani and I as well, but some of the plays Tommy made out there was just unbelievable. And it was our mentality as a, as a, the usual suspects. I think it's one of those things. It's like, I, I would hope like any outfielder who came after me, like, maybe I was teaching Marquez this or Ferris this. It's one of those things where it's like when there's balls in the air and, you know, it's your time to shine. Cause at the end of the day, infielders are always in the action, right? They're always close to the pitcher. They're in the pitcher's meetings, whatever it may be. But outfielders, you know, we might not get that many plays a game. Um, so whenever you get your shot, like there is no reason you shouldn't be going 100% full speed, taking your best route locked in and, 
when you make those diving catches, you know, when you're able to maybe rob a home run, it's one of those things where it's the most gratifying thing in the world. You know, that might be your only play of the game and you make it and, you know, your whole team's rallying around you and, you know, you just helped your pitcher out. And um, it's one of those things where I would love for anybody who plays the game to play the game, you know, not just the way I played, the way we all played out there, which was every ball that was out in the outfield was ours and there's nothing the other team can do about it. They're just going to have to tip their cap at the end of the day. And, and Caesar was soccer stadium. That outfield is not an easy outfield to traverse. Well, first of all, it's a big field and you're, you're talking 385 in the gaps, 405 to center. So there's, there's a lot of room. Plus you got the wind factor. So the ball's carrying out to right center. It's moving away from you. If you're in center field, and then it's not exactly flat. It's not like you're running downhill and sometimes the grass is maybe a half inch longer than it should be. And maybe you step in a gopher hole or two, but I mean, it's a testament to Coach Fontino's tutelage and, and your guys' hard work because, I mean, you made it look easy. You made it look easy and it's not easy out there at Caesar. And I didn't even mention the sun. The sun's there too. Yeah. How Armani dealt with that sign, I, I don't know. The yeah, reason I, I wasn't left. <laughs> the first day I went out there, they put me in right field, and I think I did like three 360s out there and dropped a fly ball and face planted. And I was like, yeah, put me somewhere else. I'm going to go to center field. I don't like right field very much. So kudos to Armani. And then Tev hold that, held down left, which was fine with me. So I was I to be in the center. All right, so K-Chan. So in my room, framed. On the wall is the the spread, the photo from the, the news press the, the day after the Gauchos won the Big West Championship with Coach Shaggis holding up the trophy. And you're pretty much like front and center. You got your hands clapped. You got your tongue out like MJ. Like, <laughs> like you'd reached the pinnacle. Like, do you remember? Well, I guess, here, let me backtrack a little bit. But being the veteran on the pitching staff and last year, talk about Jack Dashwood, Ben Brecht. Chris Lincoln, I mean, and yourself being a, a veteran in the bullpen and being, you know, a, a voice in the in the ears of those guys. Like, what was it like being part of the staff last year? Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, it's. I mean, we can kind of sum it up with uh, something that the the guys put together, and we call it the Hound Pound. I mean, it was just fun. We, I mean, it was uh, just a us going out there having fun being crazy and is uh i mean every single every single guy on the staff was unique different personalities i mean all the way up and down is uh i mean plus talented and you know we just uh it, it took care of itself and it was kind of going back to i mean uh, i was able to to learn from those guys is is you know it's kind of one of those things where we, we were leading each other and holding each other accountable and you know talking smack when we need to and and um Felt pretty good after the 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 few years of kind of putting the nose in the dirt and, and really trying to find our identity and and reshape our be beliefs because they kind of were uh, off tune after after the College World Series run and so it's a was it one of the only relief and it's it special to be able to do that with um, you know the staff and and Dylan Jones and and it's, it was it was awesome so it's you know I'm even speechless here now talking about it. Would you have an answer to a question if I asked you, like, how, like, what it meant to you raising the trophy on the last day of the season as a Big West champ, like, to um, end, your college, end your college career? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I mean, that's. Uh, that, that was. That was kind of the end of playing ball for me, and it was. It was. Um, it was special the way that it ended. Um, obviously, we had the, the regional run after that, but it was a. Uh, it's pretty pretty neat accomplishment, and it was just. It's, there's so much to look back on it and can't really throw it in the one word, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's more, I guess you could just say, uh, you know, brotherhood and, and family and it was, uh, it's something that we'll kind of have forever. So it's, it's, uh, it's a kind of a feeling that'll, will carry on and reflect, you know, just like the podcast we're, we're, we're on right now, but it's, yeah, it's special. I guess special is the best way to put it. Yeah. I feel like each, each one of you guys had, had a moment in that game. Because all the success the Gauchos had last year, coming into that game, forty-four and nine, 
but you had to win the game to win the conference, and no one wanted to give it to Cal Poly, especially at home after dropping the first two games of the series. But the the memories that I have coming out of that game is Tevin launching the homer, which kind of was the nail in the coffin, and then Tiro at the end, after the trophy had been raised, carrying it around behind home plate in front of all the people that were still there. <laughs> that I, mean, I mean, it was a relief. I, it was cool, but I was, you know, I was freaking out. I mean, you can't say you weren't freaking out if you lost two games and like the the conference was ours and Cal Poly came in and just basically tried to take what they thought was theirs and they, I mean, they played really good baseball. Um, so I, I was freaking out the, the last couple of days and just to pull that off, that was just me running around the, the field. That was kind of just like my relief of <laughs> it, it's all over. I mean, um, and that was all cool, but we wanted more. I mean, we wanted to go in that regional and we wanted to go to the World Series. I mean, we, we tasted what it felt like and obviously it wasn't the, the end result we wanted, but just that whole year, man. I mean, me running around the stadium with the trophy was basically just, thank God we finally got this done. Yeah, I think, um, I think that was, uh, I hate to say it, but I think that was the only win we have against Kyle Pauly. It broke a, it broke a 12 game losing streak or yeah. game losing streak, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I was hoping that wouldn't. I didn't, come I didn't up. want to. Thanks, I didn't want thanks to, for that, Tevin. I'm a fifth year, so I got I got a couple. <laughs> I got a couple of them, but yeah, I don't. It, it wasn't but a good put, couple of years for the Chos against the the Mustangs. Yeah. I'll tell you that. I think if but you look think, at it too, it was Senior Day, so we had we were 0 yeah. 11 against Cal Poly. We had Senior Day, and we were you know obviously supposed to be Big West champs at this point. And so the fact that we hadn't got it done, we were like, oh, my goodness, like, what is going on here? So T-Row running around the field was my relief, too, watching that grandpa run, which is pretty funny. Okay, so Tev, Gouch's 0-11 versus Cal Poly in your career. Why, why are you going to bring that up going into the last day of the season? Because, uh, yeah, if we were going to go out, you know, 1-11, it's going to be with a Big West championship. Uh that for me was satisfying that, yeah, we, we beat them, but not only did we beat them, we beat them for, you know, the big West championship and they're going to turn their uniforms in tomorrow and we're going to keep playing. Yeah. It's, that's one of those things where it's like, you know, you know, you wait those, you know, whatever 10 months every year. Cause you want to play obviously the best of the best, but you want to play, you know, Cal Poly every year. And so when you watch those games for three years straight, and just lost, lost, lost. I mean, to where to the point where you know you want to go insane. You're like, these guys are not better than us. They're our rival. They're talking trash. Um, we we're pretty good about holding our tongues over there on the Santa Barbara side for the most part. Um, but you know, to beat them, that was our statement, right? That was our we, us holding up the trophy. I mean, everybody can assume what that says, right? So it was pretty pretty special. And yeah, they can back it up though. They won eleven straight, but. Yeah, that was that was getting old. That was getting real old, let me tell you. Okay, so a lot of memories in 2019. Tevin, Thomas, and Tommy. You know, it's funny. We, we have two Kevs, and we have a Tev and two Toms on this pod. But so the three you get picked, Cardinals and Marlins, Tevin and Tom both on the Marlins. And you guys wind up in the same spring training facility in the, in the summer. Like, so you go from teammates over at the Gauchos to two of you being teammates, but all three of you being pretty much in the same place. Yeah. I just can't get rid of these guys. I mean, I try to go across the country and I still got them. Now it was pretty it's cool hard. having both of them out there. Jupiter, Florida. Yeah. West Well, I think they call it West Palm beach, Florida, but yeah, technically I think Jupiter, Florida works too. But having those guys out there was, was pretty funny to have them, you know, I was out there a little late for the rehab. Um, so they kind of were able to show me around a little bit, but I remember first day, I think I flew in we all went and got chilies right away and just talked about everything that happened the last few months, whether it was 
you know, them being there and I mean, they can attest to it more than I can, but probably the rain at 3 PM every single day. Um, you know, the humidity, uh, the fog on the windows all the time or whatever you want to call it. So they can speak upon that. But when the first day I got there to have them two there to greet me was, it was awesome. I mean, we just won a big West championship. So it was a, it was a double win because I get to go to Tonga saying at Doubletree so I can just get four or five of the Doubletree chocolate chip cookies and obviously <laughs> see Tommy. Um, yeah, Tommy, we were but, using I mean, you. That's what we were doing. Yeah, we were yeah, using yeah, Tommy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, to have somebody you know, I mean, me and Tev roomed for, what, 80 days maybe in a courtyard yeah. Marriott. Um, to know somebody out there before you even go – it's just a, it's a game changer. I don't know how I would be if I went out there and knew nobody at all. Uh, I'd probably be a wreck. Tevin was the only one who really played. I had shoulder surgery. Tommy was rehabbing his knee or his leg, I should say. Um, so Tevin really has the pro ball experience. I mean, I'm, I'm still trying to get into it. And, um, but Tevin had a good summer and trying to get used to that Florida humidity, baby. That's a, it's a real deal coming from California. Yeah, it's the, the it, there's a learning curve like going high school into pro uh going high school into UC Santa Barbara and there's a learning curve going into pro ball, but having Tiro there who knew me not only as a teammate but like as a friend and I said it I said it to him then, I'll say it now like I couldn't I don't know where I would have been in pro ball without, you know, having T-Row there with me it was it was really cool having Tommy Tommy came in later and to like update Tommy on you know our new lives and it's like what to expect you know you know this is what it's like you know you know waking up at six in the morning actually Tommy you got to wake up later huh oh man I was chilling I was waking up at nine every day and you guys have been at the field for three hours <sighs> And I'd be like, after, hey, let's go get some food. And you guys are like, I'm tired. I woke up at 6 a.m. And I'm like, I'm just getting warm here. Let's go do something we our, cool. We but. had our 5.50 a.m. alarm, and we were ready to go. We were dialed in. Take that yeah, team was, bus over there, and we're yeah. dialed in, baby. I was mid-sleep by then. It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> Richo's trying to make it in the pros. Well, to, to harp on the, the light comment that was made earlier, and how the lights are here now, and they're glorious, and they're great. And you guys did get a chance to play under the lights. At least a couple of you did. But all four of you were there, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure I, follow, I saw all four of you. Kev, coming back for alumni weekend after winning a Big West championship and having it be under the lights, I mean, I'm sure it meant something special to you. Yeah, I mean, uh, the lights are cool. Uh, not gonna lie, um, it's uh, it's 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 cool to see all the all the guys we were playing with last year be able to be able to have those, and it was it was pretty pretty sweet. With uh, I mean, geez, you got the the history of Cho's Cho's playing on one field, and it's uh, so much energy you don't know what to do with. It's it's craziness, and um, Yang hit that that big home run, and she's. Yeah, the rest was history. <laughs> I don't think there's a better moment on that gaucho field than Eric Yang taking Rodney Boone deep and us just going berserk. And there was a bit of a a shower on Yang, um, which was pretty which was pretty cool. But was, that was I think that was my favorite moment in my UCSB career. That was pure joy. I mean, I, I was excited <laughs> after we won a Big West championship, but to see Yang go deep. After about three or four beers deep, I mean, um, that was something special. Um, I think there's only one guy who could do it, too. I think Yang yeah. might be the only guy who could go up there 100%. and just be the same Yang. And it's alumni game. There's people cheering. It's under the lights, and he just doesn't care. Well, describe the, the, the scene in that dugout, because in past alumni games, I always go over to the dugout, the alumni dugout, and hang out. But this past year, it was different. I, mean, I, I can't really put words to it. I mean, I'm not necessarily a participant, but I'm there, and I'm saying hi. 
and seeing guys who hadn't seen in a while. But for you guys, I mean, there had to have been a different vibe in that dugout, at least now, you know, being graduates and seeing it from the other side and, and playing under the lights. I mean, it must have been, it must have been wild. It, I feel like it's a, a cultivation of the chemistry that we had while we were here as teammates. You know, the, the 16 and the 19 from guy number one to the guy number whatever, 42, we were all really good friends. And then, you know, life happens. We all go different directions. But for that one weekend, we get to relive that. And this past alumni weekend, you know, you got to see, you know, everyone just having fun like we did back in the day kind of deal. Yeah, it was nice not being in the other dugout. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, as soon as you walk into the alumni dugout, it's, I mean, you know you're just going to try to – Try to rip the soul out of the other, out of the out of the current players, because I mean, there's uh, there's uh, there's too many guys that are too good at, at with with all the all the all the talking and and energy. I mean, it's it was it was it was a done deal. It's pretty. Oh, some of the trash talking from some of the the older gauchos was new to me, and it was awesome. I mean, I've heard JJ talk trash, obviously, and all those guys, but the guys who were even before them. You know, the amount of fun they were having in the dugout and, you know, years past, it's always on us. And now we're on that side and we get to participate in it. I mean, I don't think there's a gaucho in there that, you know, wasn't having a great time and no one was above the other. Everybody's just a gaucho baseball player in there. And it's, you know, it's such a brotherhood that, you know, a fraternity you're a part of. I think I met Woody Woodward for the first time and I was talking to him all weekend and I just met him and that's how all those guys are. And so to be there, um, you know, under the lights, having a good time, having food, having drinks was incredible yeah, baseball experience. It's almost like you're a freshman again. It really yeah. is. Yeah, it's like, oh, here's my first day. Makes you count down the days for next year. Oh, exactly. Yeah. With the trash talking, when you're a gaucho, you're like, man, I can't wait to be an alumni so I can talk trash. Because the whole time, you know, it's a dress rehearsal for the guys, for the team. So, you know, like Tommy said, we don't chirp back. We, we play on the field. So you're doing that. But the whole time, like, that's my friend over there talking trash, and I can't say anything back. So when you're finally in that other dugout, you're letting it just go. That's the difference between the two dugouts. Um, one team is taking it seriously and trying to get ready for a home opener or a, a, an opening game, and the alumni are just there to take it all in. Well, and I thought – Harping on the theme of of this podcast, you know, you had you had JJ out there playing, you had Ryan Clark out there playing, you had Clay Fisher out there. Like, you had some of the staple players of the 2016 team playing with you guys. Some of the staple players from 2019. So it it kind of came full circle, where there's 2016 guys who helped breed. The, the guys that were, were on the team that won the 2019 Big West Championship are out there playing on the same field under the lights, which has been you know a goal of this program, a goal to reach for, for so long and it finally happened. And you know so many important people were responsible for making that happen. You know Coach Tegas for one, John McCutcheon another, and all the donors involved. But that was something special for me to see the collection of players that were out there on that field enjoying what is Gaucho baseball and what is alumni weekend. So that was, that was something special for myself. And, and I love how you guys can recognize that. Like it's, it's just a beautiful thing. It just, it shows how much you guys have matured and, and, and how you've have come along uh, in your young lives. So it's a, uh, that's pretty awesome. If, if anyone has anything else to chime in, I think this is, this is probably the tail end of this, but, if you guys want to say anything more that is important to you, you kind of have an open floor here. I mean, talking about the alumni game, we all wouldn't be there without the coaches we had and the guy that recruited us. Check it, Eddie, Neil, um, Casey, Harvey, even Ferg and Fontino. I mean, uh, those guys made Gaucho baseball to what it is, and they helped me meet some of the the guys that I'll 
always have a friendship for the rest of my life and have already taught me so much about how to go on with baseball and without baseball. So I can be thankful enough for everything Gaucho baseball has done for me. Yeah. I mean, to go along with that, I mean, when I come in as a freshman and I think it was Shane, JJ and Josh Adams, I believe maybe, maybe Looper was in there too. They come in to trop and bring all the freshmen in together when I'm, you know, in 2016 and they say, look, boys, like you're a big recruiting class. You're going to be a part of this team and we're going to go to Omaha. And when you walk into a culture that does that, you know, you've, I've only been there for seven days and they're already talking about Omaha. I'm like, wow, like this place is special. So there is no Tommy Jew without, you know, those guys and everything that they taught me throughout the years. Um, I mean, I'm still learning from them today. But for the most part, the things they taught me that first year about how to um, treat my teammates, how to treat the game of baseball, how to enjoy, you know, UCSB as a whole, um, and then how how to go out on that field and compete every day is, you know, something when I'm 17, you know, and now I'm 22, I'll still remember um, probably for the rest of my life. So um, obviously thankful for all the coaches, but, you know, from that first meeting and on, it was it was a life-changing experience. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Tommy, on that one. Like the guys you mentioned, though the leaders leaders from 2016 were almost like the foundation for the 19 team because we were freshmen then, now flip it, we're seniors, and sort of took a page out of their book, led similar ways. I would say certain phrases, certain things exactly like JJ would say, and – I took it from them, you know, and we had success in 19 and we had success in 16. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there's so much, I mean, there's so much I'm thankful for and so much I could say about literally, uh, I mean, every single guy that came in contact throughout the, the program with my time there, but, um, I'm excited to see where this, this team that we have now is going to go. Um, it's pretty, pretty tough to see the season cut short with all this crazy stuff going on, but, I'm feeling that uh, these guys are going to be able to make some stuff happen and get some uh, get another dub. Yeah, we never talked about these guys. I mean, these guys this year were crushing it. I mean, the I don't know if it was the last week, but a Tuesday game against undefeated UCLA and then sweeping Oregon State. I mean, that's not easy. Um, they were fun to watch, especially from a hotel room. I mean, I I watched every game and they're they're crushing it. Yeah, we'll have a lot of those guys coming back. Obviously, there's a lot of unknowns that are yet to be sorted out, but we will remain positive that there will be Gaucho baseball again next year. And a lot of the names that you heard in the broadcasts in the games from 2020 will be there again, and we'll have an extra chip on their shoulder because they have unfinished business. And I think the players and the coaches – and the support staff uh, can speak to that as well. Well, gentlemen, this has been an absolute pleasure. Tommy Jew, Thomas Rowan, Tevin Mitchell, Kevin Chandler, uh, the core four. The core four. That's a great name. I like it. I like it. This, is, uh, this has been great. Yeah, no, thanks for having us, Cannon. It's, uh, it's, real, it's real neat what you're doing. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Great to you know talk to the guys. I get to hang with a few of them anyways, but love talking gaucho baseball anytime. Yeah, now I'm going to be uh, opening the yearbook for the rest of the day, you know, reflecting. <laughs> so thank you for that. Appreciate it, Kev. Thanks. All right, guys, it's the core four. We'll catch you later. All right, big thanks to those four, Kevin, Thomas, Tommy, and Tevin for taking some time out of their day to talk about Gaucho baseball. That was a ton of fun. Also big thanks to Kyle's kitchen, our presenting sponsor. Want to take this time to plug social media. We talked about it on Sunday, the Gaucho baseball analytics, Twitter page, SB baseball data, go check them out and also check us out on Instagram and Twitter, UCSB underscore baseball for both of those. You can follow the pod on Instagram at UCSB Gaucho nine podcast. We're posting previews, keeping you heads up on if we're doing any more bonus pods, which we probably will do since I've got a, a few more in the bag here. 
We just passed the anniversary of when the Gauchos defeated Cal Poly last year to win their first Big West Championship in 33 years. Posted some videos on the Instagram page and on Twitter. So check those out. Coming up this Sunday, we've got another good one. I really enjoyed this. This was this was pretty special for me. Got to sit down with former head coach Bob Bronsima and one of his players and the current associate manager for the San Diego Padres, Skip Schumacher, where we talk about his career, talk about that 2001 season and all the success that they had in that year. So that was a ton of fun. That'll be coming out on Sunday. And, you know, until then, go Gauchos, stay safe and, you know, enjoy this beautiful weather that we're having in Santa Barbara. And unfortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that we're not playing baseball right now. It would have been possibly a postseason right now, but, you know, I'm feeling confident and feeling positive and feeling good doing these pods for you. And let's keep it rolling. <laughs>